Sports Stance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sports Stance. I am your host, Greg, and first, let me just apologize if I sound a little weird and a little nasally. I'm battling a cold, but I'm going to fight through because I need to give you my stance on sports every single week. Can't skip a week, not during the NFL season. It's just not my, it's not my blood. Blood, sweat, tears, and a little bit of coughing and sniffling. That's the motto for this week. So, you know, now that you know what's going on with me, because that's really it, let's get into what's going on in the NFL. Before I talk about Thursday night football, we need to discuss one thing. So, last week, Antonio Brown was released. Show had already come out. Didn't have time to really do anything about it outside of just tweet about it. And then, I got these gems today. And by today, I mean yesterday. Antonio Brown went on meltdown mode on Twitter. So, after first saying, I'm not coming back to the NFL. They don't guarantee money. Yada, yada, yada. Talking bad about everybody, basically not giving himself any sort of way to get back into the NFL because what owner in his right mind is going to say, hey, you know what? Antonio Brown went after Robert Kraft, one of the most respected owners in the game. Yeah, we all know what happened at the parlor, and we don't need to get into that. Still one of the most respected owners. And Antonio Brown decided to go after him after giving him a shot. He doesn't really realize, hey, I I messed up. It was on me. Instead, AB's just been playing the victim card left and right and left and right. Well, he's going back to school. And, well, he let people know that the game needs him like test answers. And that set off everything. That tweet was the thing that set off everybody. Don't know why, but it did. We had Golden Tate, Eric Weddle, all these guys getting at A.B., and A.B. felt the need to respond. And oh, were they gems. But besides that, he also said yesterday, no more Nikes. Yeah. Antonio, did you not know Nike dropped you also last week? Like, yeah, no more Nikes are supporting you. That's pretty obvious. Glad you're going back to school because clearly you need to learn to pay attention on what's happening in current events. You. So besides that, he goes on to talk about how he's going to start going to high schools, send him high school info so he can go out and practice at a new high school every single day. Seems like a good thing to do with your time. Then going after Golden Tate, going after Weddle, the Weddle thing was the thing that really got interesting because in general, the back and forth was hilarious. So after AB said, the game don't need me like test answers or whatever it said, what else? It definitely don't. And then somebody said, well, what I fuck with you, bro, but you can't guard AB over the top or man. And what will simply respond it with don't need to isn't on a team. So game's over right there. Weddle wins. He's right. AB's not on a team. Weddle is. 
So AB had to respond. And, well, it went on from there. But just in general, the man needs help. He really does. It's hilarious to watch, but, like, it's slightly concerning. So who knows what the next thing to unfold is. But I can't wait to see it. Because I'm not going to lie. I need a little more cryptic text. I need a little more cryptic Twitter exchanges that just blow up and become people versus AB. I just never knew I needed it. Never knew I needed Weddle versus AB on Twitter. But it was fantastic. And I loved every second of it. Enough about that, though. Let's talk about Thursday night football. It was phenomenal. You cannot tell me that is not one of the best Thursday night games you have not seen. I, I don't even know. I'm lost for words right now. It was a great game. Just, it was great. And not just because I'm an Eagles fan and they won. Overall, it was just fantastic. You had back and forth offense. You had great defensive plays. You had huge offensive plays. Devontae Adams literally tore up the Eagles secondary. But still, Eagles figured out a way to win, and it was a huge win. Not just because they won at Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers, but because this essentially affected the rest of their season. You drop to 1-3, and three, you can basically kiss your playoff chances goodbye, especially when you're in a division against the Cowboys, who are currently 3-0. and out. So it was a big, big win after a terrible loss to the Lions where they had multiple chances to win. They got Alshon Jeffrey back, and it showed how important he is to that offense. They still don't have Deshaun Jackson back. They're hoping after this 10-day break, he will be back. They got Dallas Goddard back. He made a difference. Some key blocks on running plays. But overall, both sides made great, phenomenal plays. And yeah, at the end, the interception by Rodgers in the end zone. You can say Aaron can't come up big in clutch situations. But I'm not going to say that because really, it was a tip pass. There, I mean, he put the ball where it needed to be. It just it didn't go his way. Should they have run the ball three straight times? Probably. They should have the drive earlier when they were at the one-yard line. Instead of passing it for some very odd LaFleur. What were you thinking there? Gotta know. What was the thought process behind passing the ball on the one-yard line? Pete Carroll should have called in and said, hey, I know what you're thinking. Don't do it. Just don't do it. I've done it before. It does not work. Just run the damn ball. QB sneak it three times. I bet you one of those Rodgers gets in. Then you had a tie game. Then at the end, you're going for a win. But instead, nope, Eagles walk away with it. It's a huge victory for them. We have something a little later on in Paul's pile about these two franchises and just how they do in home and away games. So we call in the business a little tease. But overall, I, I mean, I had to stay up to watch the whole Thursday night game. It was that good. Not because I'm a fan. I mean, I'm exhausted. Like, you know, I said I'm sick. I'm just going to keep bringing it up. Get the sympathy lessons, you know. But in general... It was just that captivating of a game. Thoughts go out to both, I think it's Jamal Williams and Maddox for the Eagles and Packers. Both guys left on stretchers. So you hope though both are better, get healthy. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. So thoughts go out to them. You hate to see it. But overall, these two teams, Thursday night football, 
Usually teams look a little slow, look a little sluggish, you know, don't play as well. These guys look like they had a full week's rest and they were ready to go. Aaron Rodgers shredded the Eagles secondary. They just did enough with a strip sack and an interception at the end to survive. That secondary needs to lock it up somehow, which is going to be hard because they're dropping like flies. But overall, it was it was a phenomenal game. Fantasy owners had to love the performances they saw out of certain guys. If you decided this week to start Jordan Howard, well, good for you because the Eagles not only decided to run, but he also caught a few. I mean, Jordan Howard, really good night if you decide to start him in fantasy. Alshon Jeffrey had a decent night. Jimmy Graham got involved. I mean, you got to love when Jimmy Graham gets involved. You just got to. I mean, it seems like he's almost forgotten about, but we remember you, Jimmy. Don't you worry. Overall, though, great game. I mean, you can't keep saying it enough. It was a fantastic one. Thursday night got a bad rap for a while. Now it's Monday Night Football. Monday night, you're the bad night. Got to say, besides Monday night being the bad night, Carson Wentz also didn't have as big a stack game as Rodgers, but played well enough. He made the throws he needed to, made the options and choices he needed to, when it was big situations, especially third downs, converted first downs on third and ones, you know, used his body to advance the ball. The offensive line played great. Both sides offensive lines did really well. I think the only sack was the strip sack. So offensive lines were working really well. Both teams, you know, were I mean did everything they could, but you had two guys who are very elusive quarterbacks. And that's what they do. They get away. Both made plenty of spectacular plays. They did what they did. Both teams delivered. It was a fantastic game once again, but I'm going to stop talking about it because you've heard me rant and rave enough about it. Next, though, it's Paul's Pylon, and it's brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Check out the ad, and it'll lead us right into Paul's Pylon right after it ends. Here we go. Daily fantasy sports have taken the world by storm, and Thrive Fantasy has a whole new twist. Make prop picks on only the top players in each game, no more sifting through the 12th man of a basketball roster, then sit back and enjoy the action. 12-Ounce Sports and Thrive Fantasy have now partnered to offer our listeners free house money to play with. Just use the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS during your next deposit to receive the bonus. That's Thrive Fantasy and the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. Now go win. Paul's Pylon. That is right. It's another week of Paul's Pylon. And if you listen closely, you might be able to hear Paul counting out the pennies of him paying off his bet because did the Patriots cover their spread, Paul? That's my pennies, Greg. They did nope. not. Nope. Didn't think so. And then you know what? I called Bill Belichick and he traded that son of a gun. <laughs> that son of a gun. Benjamin. <laughs> that son of, the backup quarterback that basically yep. ruined it all. Yep. Yeah. Cody, Cody Kessler got called in real quick for, you know, a new tryout with the Patriots. He, he is dead to me, so. I mean, he's dead to a lot of people. He, he uh, you know, the week before. Up, you don't see take, that often that you take out the starting quarterback. You're winning by that many points and you put him right back in. Well, they were doing that the week before against the Dolphins and they left Brady in. So I was surprised kind of that they actually. And then I was like, oh, they're going to put Brady back in to cover. They put him back in, but he didn't get them to cover. No. And we had that last minute chance and oh well. 
I can live with it. Ten bucks. Yeah. At least you didn't. At least you didn't bet the house. That's true. You would be doing this from a trailer park. That's exactly right. That's and right. your wife would still well, be know, in I'm the not house. A oh, that's right. You bet me. Yeah. Hey, Pennies Greg. Next, next week. What? Next week, uh, I'm gonna have to be recording from the New Jersey studios. Oh yeah. Why is that? I'll be away on vacation. Oh yeah. Is that that we're calling the birth of another grandchild? Yes, I'll be doing. Yeah. Well, I yeah. won't be doing that. I'll be assisting at home. One, you're a, an older gentleman, Paul, so I'd be kind of concerned. And two, you are a gentleman, so I'd be much more concerned that you were having a child. How how old am I? <laughs> Don't say that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to. It'll we, we'll, that'll be for the real time listeners. Maybe down the line we can give an age. The youngest grandfather in sports podcasting history. That's actually that. That might be true. It could be. It's a lot of sports podcast. Yeah, anyway, we're not here to talk about. So babies. we can claim pretty much anything we wanted to. We can. Like I am the greatest voice of this generation. I think you do have a voice for radio and a face for radio. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that on both ends. <laughs> you can put my face on posters. That's how you promote radio. So ha, jokes on you. Well, back in the day, the joke would be would put your face on the side of a milk carton because you'd gone missing. But they don't do that anymore because. Of course, they have the internet, and it's awkward yeah. carrying around a milk carton. Yeah, it would be. Anyway, so we're not here to talk about milk cartons or babies or pennies owed or the fact that the Patriots' backup quarterback can't apparently throw his way out of a brown paper bag or that Antonio Brown has lost his mind. We're not here to talk about any of that. Would you like to know what we're going to talk about tonight? I would like to know what we're about to talk about tonight. So um, in, in keeping with football, how about some best home records over the last 10 years? And then maybe some best away records. I can name the number one team. I don't want you to name the number one team. I want you to name the number five team. So at home from 2009, best home record. Number five. Not not the Chargers. That would be the New Orleans Saints as a 70.1 win rate. Makes sense. You got Drew Brees. So, of course, it wouldn't be... Paul's pylon if I didn't talk about food. You know how much a hot dog and a beer costs when you go to an Orleans <laughs> Saints game? I don't know, like 15 bucks. How about $16? Yeah, see, I was close. So if you brought your family to a game, you'd probably, oh my gosh, you'd go broke. Don't yeah. get a hot dog. Number four? <laughs> Just get the beer for the kids, yeah. <laughs> Make them really happy. Uh, Steelers. <laughs> Uh, that would be the uh, Seattle Seahawks at a 72.7 win rate. Yeah, you got the 12th man. It's an unfair advantage. Well, let me ask you something. What do you think a hot dog is going to run you at uh, a Seahawks game? This, this is this is what this it's going to be. be old, it is going to get old. It's, it's already a little old. I'm going to go with 1750 because it's Seattle, so it's probably a hip hot dog. No, it's cheaper than New Orleans. It's actually 1350. It's because it's a hip it's hot still dog. Still crazy, right? Less if I went filling. to the grocery store with $13.50, I could feed 10 hot dogs and a six-pack. Not a really good six-pack. <laughs> I was trying, okay. I was trying to figure out how that – I could feed 10 hot dogs to a six-pack. I'd like to – I'd pay money to watch you feed 10 hot dogs to a six-pack. All right. Number three. Steelers. Ravens. Yeah, I'm, I was just going to keep guessing the Steelers because I assume they were on there. Heinz Field seems to be a good place for them. Uh, that makes sense. Um, 73.8% win rate and um, guess on the hot dog and a beer? It's Baltimore, so I'm going to go 10 bucks. 8 bucks. 
So you're going in the right direction. Good for you. Wow, that is really cheap. You could I, you could definitely go to a game and afford a few games in Baltimore at least. There you go. Number two. I'm noticing a trend here. The less number two. I'm giving you a hint on radio. Yeah, what a great hint of you holding yourself and looking like you're having a seizure. Okay, that Fantastic. would be terrific. Well, you're you're older, so you know I do have to worry about all those things of like stroke and all that. So I don't smell toast. I'm good. Well, that's good. Um, cold Green Bay Packers. Absolutely, seventy six point five. The beer. Well, it's Lambeau Field, so it's going to be special, probably like souvenir cup. So sixteen fifty. Ah, uh, fourteen fifty. Not terrible. I mean, terrible, but not the worst. Yeah. And of course, number one, you knew Patriots. Yeah, so we all and, know it's Patriots. And, and a beer is thirteen fifty, and, and with a hot dog. Go so, back twenty years, it's the Patriots. All right, so let's throw in a worst home field ten year record. Who is it? Worst in the league? The Chargers. This. Go on the Chargers. No, it would be the, the Chargers. Well, I mean. 35%. I don't want to go with the obvious. I want to go with the fun answer because the Chargers <laughs> don't even have a home stadium. They played a soccer field. Well, a lot of teams played at, at fields. Uh, that You know oh, where well, the Giants played? <laughs> a lot of teams <laughs> played fields. Yeah. Thank you, Captain yeah. Obvious. Yeah. The Giants played at Yankee Stadium. I never knew that. I only have the smartest guest on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You have to have an IQ above three to get on this. <laughs> You're going to feed 10, 10 hot dogs to a six-pack, and teams play on fields. There you go. All right. <laughs> Best away records. And number five. Please don't tell me your, your heart. Best, best away hot dog prices. Now you're getting that, too. But the best away record near and dear to your heart is? Eagles. Yes. That's surprising. 1.8. So, better than 500. Well, was, I talk about the Thursday night football game in this show because I stay up and watched it, and this is now Friday. This is like a time warp thing. Yeah. So we'll see who who prevails: the Packers' good home record or the Eagles winning up more than half their away games. We'll have I already to have probably talked about it. Fifteen dollars and twenty-five cents for a hot dog. How, how much of a mind melt is that, though? I've already talked about who won this game. <laughs> but in this moment, since we're recording this part, the night before the game starts, I have no idea. The magic of technology. Number four? Steelers. I'm just going to keep getting some Steelers. I assume you they're on one of these. That, you'll be right eventually. Number four is the Saints. Um, 53.5. We already know they're hot dogs. <laughs> yep, we do. Number three. We don't know this one. Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> Dallas Cowboys oh the freaking cowgirls 1450 sorry I just don't like the Cowboys you gotta get this one Number dealers <laughs> thank you thank you I'll be, I'll be here all week and they're raping you for a hot dog, by the way. Fifteen bucks. <laughs> you could edit that. <laughs> I'm not going to. Wow. You know, um, it's terrible. It's terrible. A hot dog and a beer, fifteen dollars. They're robbing you blind. How about that? They are. This, they say are. it. 
The Steelers yep. are robbing you blind. The Steelers are robbing you blind. You know that is. How how much was that amount again? It was fifteen dollars. All right. How many hot dogs can you buy for fifteen dollars at the grocery store? Stuff and you can get ketchup how many and cans of beer. <laughs> and you can get them on the field with no sports team playing. The Patriots. They are. And uh, we know how much the hot dogs cost. And sixty three point four deal with the devil cost that's the real question here paul what devil the fact that he's um, able to be 100 and played until he's 98 yeah because he looks like he's aging backwards and that's concerning because he's getting older i'm not sure he's... Like a child every day so is he sucking the soul out of children I don't know. I think he's just uh, what does it eat? What's, what's he eat? Asparagus ice cream or some crazy thing? Oh, Avocado ice cream? cream? Yeah. Something out of that cookbook. Sprinkles. And yeah, he treats himself to one cookie a year. <laughs> well, you know, everybody has to have their little uh, secret pleasure. All right, worst away record. Wait, are we going through another ten of these? No, worst oh, away okay. record ever in the last ten years. The Browns. You are catching on, my friend. I do. I, I learn quickly. Uh, so, um, so I I would not I would would be remiss if I did not talk about the cheapest hot dog at an NFL game, and that would be. I was going to say, am I guessing where? Because yeah, I guess where. Is, I'm going to go with a team that's in the AFC South, so it's either Jacksonville, Houston, Tennessee, or. Uh, you're doing some weird motion. I don't like it. No, nope, don't don't do, don't make rude gestures. This is inappropriate. People can't even see it, so they don't know what I'm reacting to. I'm trying to. The Cardinals. The Atlanta Falcons. I like how you did it. Stadium. Oh, God, they made that whole cheap menu. A dollar fifty. Yeah, they made the whole. It was. It's a huge thing they did last year when they opened the stadium. Everything is super cheap. It is, and by the way, a beer and a hot dog, six dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, that's no. reasonable. Yeah, no, they made it. I mean, so... They had the hot dog there, but it's it's a reasonable price. They dropped the hot dog fifty cents. I mean, the they, beer fifty cents. They did it because they want families to be able to afford a game and not break the bank. I think that's a pretty good idea. It is. It's you gotta you gotta draw your fans in somehow. So Do the average. The, hold on. Do you know the weird thing about that stadium though? A food thing about that? I'm gonna throw a food thing at you. Throw me a food thing. They have a Chick Fil A. In the stadium. In their stadium. Hey, Paul, do you know Chick Fil A is open on one day a year, uh, one day a week? They're not open on Sundays. Exactly. Do you think they make an exception for the stadium? I don't think they do. They don't. That's so, bizarre. Why would you build a Chick Fil A in a in a stadium where they might? Because play... it's open for all the other events they have there year round, such as concerts and college games and high school games and all these other things. Well, I guess that's all right. It's all right, but. The it's number still one a weird draw, thing. <laughs> yes. You don't have the concession open. That's kind of silly. All right, I'm yeah. going to leave you with one thought. Okay. It's not a thought. One, one, one comment. Do you want like dramatic average... music? Paul's final thought. Paul's final thought. Oh my God, we're going to have to have two segments. <laughs> average cost of a beer in the NFL across all stadiums is eight dollars and forty nine cents, and some are twenty ounce, some are twelve ounce. By the way. The six dollar and fifty cent beer and hot dog combo, it's a twelve ounce pour. So they that's still not terrible. It's not. 
but you need to carry nine of them back to your seat. Probably spill three of them. Hey, I got a I question. You need, to, you need to call that number from last week. How much beer do you think people spill in a stadium over the course of a season? It's got to be hundreds of gallons. Oh, over the course of a season? I thought you were going to say over the course of a season. Over the course of a season, I would at least say 500 gallons. I, I don't know the answer. I'm just oh, well, question. That, that is kind of disappointing. Well, they walk by you, and everybody on the outside row leans in because the people that have had you know, all that tailgating and more beer in the stadium are walking up and it looks like a shower time because the beer's coming out everywhere. Well, don't forget the accidental bump in twos when you're turning and you just spill everything. Absolutely. So I'm thinking a lot. Anyway, average cost of a hot dog? Four bucks. What? $5.34. Can you imagine a hot dog? Can I imagine a hot paying $5.34 for one? That'd be even weirder. Do they throw hot dogs at you at a football game like they do at a baseball game? I had to really think about what you meant there for a second. I thought you meant to fans belt players with hot dogs like they do at baseball games. And I was like, I don't know what, don't know what game you're going to, but that no, that's not a thing. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think a hot dog. I think beer guys basically go around at football games. Yeah, they. Uh, I think they should wear a backpack and do like a, a pour. Granted, next invention. I haven't been to an actual football game in a long time. And when I was, I wasn't of legal drinking age. So I don't really remember. Well, you watch them like there's no tomorrow. Well, yeah, it's kind of. A you job. think? <laughs> yeah. If you're going to talk about it, you probably need to watch it. Probably them. need to By watch. The way, I'm thinking. Yesterday, you must have had to finish up everything you were doing before the game so you could turn the game on with a couple of minutes to spare. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay, that's cool. Doing that every week, right? Yep. So I'm just sitting here, and I'm going to re-roll my pennies for you. All right, sounds good. And I just, uh, again, once again, I, I enjoy spending time with you on here, Greg. It, it's a great show, and I hope everybody tunes in every week. Oh, well, thank you. And safe travels, and good luck on meeting your new grandchild. Oh, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. And Don't cry too much. A shout out to uh, the father and mother and, and big sister and good luck and can't wait to see you all. All right. So that wraps up Paul's Pylon. Paul, you have yourself a good week and we will talk next week. Great, Greg. Good talking to you. All Thanks right. for having me on the show. No problem. Anytime. Basically every time. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about Antonio Brown and his shenanigans. We've talked about Thursday Night Football, Eagles, Packers. We've done Paul's pylon. Now it's time to get into the must-watch, upset-watch, lock-it-ins of the week. But first, Greg, pat yourself on the back. Why is that? I finally, finally picked a must-watch game that actually was must-watch. As the Chiefs-Ravens, I mean, I've been going for the easy ones, and they have backfired big time on me. But this one actually hit. The Ravens and the Chiefs went at it. Lamar Jackson didn't have the greatest game, but he made some plays that were just redonkulous. The run at the end for the touchdown where he basically stopped, let the guy pass him, and then he just strolled into the end zone, kind of like his old highlight tape, phenomenal. And then Mahomes, I mean, he does what he does, and you really can't ask for much better. I mean, the guy could throw for 7,000 yards this year. 
and I'm not even joking. The big deal this week, he's playing his first dome game in his career. People are projecting, projecting, yeah, that's projecting and predicting combined into one. I'm just that good at words. But anyway, people are predicting, jokingly, that he might go for a 1,000 yards in the air. And I mean, it's completely possible. Never seen the man at a dome. I can't imagine. He could probably just stand from one end zone and toss it through the uprights. It'll be three points, right? I think that's how that works. But the game was must-watch. It was a back and forth. For a while, it looked like the Chiefs might just blow them out of the water. The Ravens hung in there, though. They came back, they made it a game, and it was fantastic. Two young future, not even future, now stars of the game going at it, and it was awesome. It was great to watch. Made me feel really good about myself that I finally, in the third week of the NFL season, picked a must-watch that was actually must-watch football. My upset watch, on the other hand, almost hit again. I said Steelers over the 49ers. I was close. They lost by four. And I'm not going to lie, do not remember my lock it in. Could not tell you what it was. I should probably start keeping track. I should probably make like a little notebook. You know, be like, hey, what did I say again? Because I'm usually pretty good with it. But let's, you know, let's get into this week. And my must watch, man, that was a dramatic pause. That's what happens when you got like a stuffy nose and everything. You kind of start thinking, am I about to cough? No. So we're good. So my must watch, my lock it in, and my upset watches of the week. First, let's start with the lock it in of the week, because let's get all the degenerate gamblers just what they want. The pick. What's the pick that I'm going to say is a lock for this week? And I may have already talked about it a little bit. It's plain and simple. The Chiefs are going in against the Lions into Detroit at six and a half point favorites. You can lock that in. There is no way the Chiefs go into a dome game with Mahomes never playing in a dome. You've seen what he does in the outdoors. Can't imagine what he's going to do in the indoors against a Lions team who has overperformed so far. They just have. They've overperformed, and I think the Chiefs are going to expose them. They're going to win by at least, I think, 10-plus points, so they'll easily cover the spread of 6.5. Taking a look at my upset watch for the week, now, you know, usually you took look at a team that's maybe 1-2 and two at this point, 0-3. Oh but no, I'm going a little outside of the box. I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills. Yes, the 3-0 and oh Buffalo Bills take down the mighty Patriots. It's crazy, I know. But they're in Buffalo, Bills Mafia. It's a, it's a thing there. It's a whole spectacle. That home crowd, they're just a different breed in Buffalo. They are different in Buffalo. Josh Allen is going to be different in Buffalo. I mean, the guy is the quarterback of New York. You can say it's Danny Dimes. He had a great, great start against Tampa Bay. But right now, it's Josh Allen's state. He owns New York. That includes New York City. And he's going to show the NFL and the Patriots the Bills are for real. You know, without AB, they've had some injuries. 
on the Patriots offensive side. I think if they're going to have a bad game, it might be this one. Get it out of the way. They're still favorites for the AFC championship, but they're going to get upset this week. That's just how we feel about it. Now, I could have picked that game to also be my must-watch, but I didn't. Can't pick the same game for two different things. That would just be ridiculous, and we all know my must-watch is definitely not going to be Monday Night Football with the Bengals and the Steelers. Gross. I mean, it's a terrible. Whoever made the Monday Night Football schedule should be fired. I know you don't know what the season's going to unfold like, but a lot of these games are just you know they're going to be garbage from the beginning. It makes zero sense of how you don't think they're going to be garbage from the beginning. Anyway, my must-watch of the week. You could have said Cowboys Saints, but without Breeze, it makes it hard to choose. I'm looking at, and it's going to be a weird one. But, you know, I'm going weird games this week. Give me Redskins-Giants. Actually, you know what? Strike that. That's not a good one. Give me Browns-Ravens. I'm picking Lamar Jackson two weeks in a row. Another young quarterback battle. Baker Mayfield has been under fire with how this offense has performed. If they can have a good game against a Ravens defense, which is always known as a top 10 defense, it changes a lot of ways of people thinking about him and the Browns in general. It would be a huge win to get especially on the road. Now, it's also a must-watch because Lamar Jackson just is phenomenal. It's an interdivision game, AFC North. These are the two teams that will be duking it out in December for the division title, maybe a wild-card spot. So it's going to be interesting to see at least the first matchup of two in the season, how it all plays out, may give an idea of how the directions of these teams are going to go. Because right now the Ravens are 2-1. and one. You started off hot. The Chiefs cooled you down. The Browns started off with high hopes, got kicked down to earth real quick by the Titans. Then they were back up. And then they were brought down again by the Rams. So it'll be interesting to see how these teams rebound from tough losses in a big, big game. So that's why it's going to be my must-watch of the week. Hopefully, I can at least start a little streak of, you know, good games that you should be watching. And if you don't know where to watch, say you don't get that game in your area. Maybe it's not your Fox or CBS. It would be CBS, at least from what I know, CBS does all AFC games. If it's not one of those games, you can go and find a stream online. Now, I'm not telling you to go do this, but if you happen to stumble upon it, good for you at NFL Streams. Just Google it. It'll trust me. But I'm not. I'm not condoning it. But if you if you stumble across it, I mean, who's to say you don't watch it? I mean, really? Come on. You watch a little bit of it. It's all right. So those are my must watch, my lock it in, and my upset watches of the week. Besides that, NFL news wise, do I really need to go into what Danny Daniel Jones did? I'm not going to call him Danny Dimes. It's been one good game. This is the one thing. Okay, you know what? I'm getting into it. This is the one thing I don't get. So, criticize galore draft pick when the Giants made the pick. Gettleman was thrown into a fire because of it. 
now after one game. One game was granted. He had four touchdowns, two passing, two rushing, a comeback, 18-point deficit, come-from-behind win in the final minutes. But we're going to, after one game, crown him the new, the next, like, the next Tom Brady. Like, all these different things. People are glorifying one game. You know who also had good games? I was going to say Ryan Leaf, but, I mean, I don't really remember. Plenty of other quarterbacks and backups. There were plenty of guys who were supposed to be the next guy after their rookie season. And they weren't. There were plenty of guys who had promising starts and then sputtered out. So after one game saying he's great, he's amazing, he's the best thing since sliced bread, let's relax. Let's see how he does after a few games. And then we can assess him. Because guess what? After Lamar Jackson has gone 8-2 and two as a starter, he should be the one getting crowned. The next big guy. The next thing. Mahomes. All those guys. It's been one game. It was against the Bucks, A game the Bucks should have ended up winning. Despite how well Daniel Jones played. But let's relax. Alright? Giants fans. Talking heads. All you people. Relax. As Aaron Rodgers said, R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Those guys all from Thursday Night Football last night definitely are going to relax over the next few days because, man, that was a tough game. That was a high-scoring game. It was a fantastic game. Like I said, it was probably one of the best Thursday Night Football games in a long time. A very long time. It It was great. Besides that, the last thing to touch on, for the NFL at least... Before we just talk for college football like five minutes, Melvin Gordon is ending his 64-day holdout, which, first off, Melvin, you could have waited five more days. It would have been a great joke, and we all would have laughed. Maybe your fines would have been forgiven, but instead, now you pick 64, and it's just like, come on, what are you doing? But he comes back. Lynn has already said, once Melvin is up to speed, once he's you know shown he's ready to go, He's our number one guy, which if you're Austin Eckler, has got to make you feel awful. Like, the lack of confidence they have in you after you have put up some great performances to start the season. But they're like, yeah, but once Melvin's back, we're good. Like, you you, you can hang out behind him. It's got to be it's got to be a little deflating. Just a little bit. But Melvin Gordon literally got nothing out of this holdout. Nobody thought he would. San Diego is known to not give in on these type of things. They actually would rather just collect the money because, well, from what it sounds like, the Chargers' ownership is cheap. And that's basically what it seems everybody says. But so Gordon's back. He's basically made it clear, I'm here for this year, and then I'm going to probably be gone, which that's fine. There'll be some NFL team that overpays you as a running back and will give you more than what you're valued at, but that's fine. It's what happens. Besides that, though, good for Melvin Gordon, good for all that. Let's move on to college football. So, first thing I got to say is I am a Notre Dame fan. Again, don't shut it off. Just listen. I got to say, as a Notre Dame fan, people need to give them some credit for the game they played in Athens on Saturday night. 
I mean, they put up a great fight against Georgia. They hung in there with the cream of the crop, SEC. And, I mean, what can you say about it now? What can you say about Notre Dame now? And they were missing some good offensive players for them. But what are you going to say? That they don't belong? Because they kind of showed they could have. They could have won that game. They had a chance. They had an opportunity. They could have. They didn't, but they could have. Overall, though, you know, at least they didn't drop too much in the rankings. They still have some path, though it be a very hard path, to get into the college football playoffs. If they can get a big bowl game, that would be just as good to me. Looking at this week, though, they face another test in Virginia, who is 18 overall. And then they're one of the only two ranked matchups this week, the other one being USC-Washington 21 for 17. But the thing I got to laugh about this week is just the spread lines are ridiculous for the top 25. Not all of them, but Oklahoma is favored by 27 over Texas Tech, who you would just assume that's going to be a shootout anyway. Then you have Wisconsin's favored by 24 and a half over Northwestern. That's definitely because Pat Fitzgerald doesn't know how to run an offense. He should probably ask the 40,000 other people about that. At his hashtag email, don't care. If you didn't catch that story, just go find the clip. It's kind of funny. The man clearly doesn't understand technology or any any of it. It's it's great. Then you have Io favored by 24, Michigan by 27. The ridiculous ones are Alabama is favored over Ole Miss by 37 and a half. And then the topper, you thought that one was bad. UCF is favored by 42 over UConn. Could you imagine betting them covering that spread? That's got bad beat for Scott Van Pelt written all over it. Just don't do it. Be smarter than that. Please. Just be smarter than that. (laughs) But overall, college football is back in full swing. We're in week, what, five now? Yeah, week five, because we don't count week zero. And, you know, things are starting to take shape. Your rankings at the top have not changed at all since the beginning of the season. You know, Clemson, Alabama, it's SEC galore. So once again, the SEC can be like, hey, we're the best, even though it's really only four teams. That's it. There's really only four teams. They'll make it sound like it's a ton of teams that are, you know, should all be number one or two in the country. That's just how it's always going to be, though. SEC is always going to be like that. Can't do anything about it. Besides that, though, I really I don't have much else to go on for college football. I haven't been able to watch it as much as I would like to. Hopefully, I'll be able to at least a little bit more. As you can also hear, my voice is starting to not sound the best. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go to Seat Giant because we're going to talk a little MLB baseball next. So we're going to hear from Seat Giant because if you're looking for good seats for concerts, sporting events, anything you want, check out Seat Giant's. Don't believe me? Here's the app. Where should you go to get all your sports, concert, and any other type of ticket need? Seat Giant. That's right. You heard me. Seat Giant. That's where you're going to go to get all your sporting events and concert tickets because guess what? When you go there, you know you're getting the best deals. And when you use 12 ounce sports promo code, you get an even better deal. Again, use 12 ounce sports for the promo code. And, you know, be on your way to having a fun family day. 
All right, now it's time for some Major League Baseball talk. Because the next time I talk to all of you, the wildcard games and division series will have already had started, complete it, and started up. Obviously, meaning the wild cards are Tuesday and Wednesday, and the division series starts on Thursday and Friday. So that'll already all be decided. Now, we already know who the five teams in the National League going to the playoffs are. The American League, all three divisions have been decided, but the wild card still up in the air. But before I get into my predictions, because honestly, you know you're not going to believe that, oh, I totally had so-and-so beating so-and-so in the wild card, and this and that. Unless I give my predictions now, because later on, you're not going to believe it as much. So, before I get into any of that, though, the one thing I do need to touch on, because, you know, it is kind of a story. It is something that needs to be discussed. Bryce Harper is considered overrated, overpaid, all of these different things, especially by Nationals fans. And the National fans had their day of glory yesterday when the Nationals took the Phillies out of the playoffs, ended their run, clinched a spot for themselves. So, you know, it was just one whole big middle finger to Bryce saying, hey, you left us. We don't need you. We still made the postseason. You didn't. You're done. That's essentially what happened. But then after the game, it was revealed that, you know, the national fans maybe weren't too kind about the fact that they had taken Harper out. Bryce came out saying, you know, Fans did the typical, you're overrated, you overpaid, I couldn't believe you left us, traitor, all that same old, same old. He said, until the later innings, when things took a turn and got personal. He didn't go into detail, he didn't say what the personal things were, but you can, you know, connect the dots, fill in the blanks, whatever you want to do. Then his wife came out today saying, yeah, of course he's going to be angry and he's going to be a little ticked off when you bring his four-week-old son into the taunts, into the name-calling, into all of it. When you attack a man's family in sports, it's crossing the line. Now, their national fans are saying, you can't just take a group of people and say that the whole fan base is like that. Well, guess what, national fans? You can. It's been happening to teams like in fan bases like Philly for years, decades even. It just takes a few bad apples to ruin the bunch. I think it's one bad apple, but usually it's a few. But you just can't do this. Fans, yes. Players, no. You might just come after them. And players, they take a lot of crap from us. They take a lot of crap from fans, media, all of it. And they do it with a smile on their face because they should. They're getting paid millions of dollars. But there is a line that you do not cross. You can go after a guy. You can go after his playing ability, what he does on the field, if you think he's overpaid. You don't go after his family. You especially don't go after his kids. You might get away with it if you say something about his wife, which you shouldn't in general. Just a general rule. Don't go after anybody's spouse of any sort. But when you go after kids, it hits a different way. Because kids are different. We treat kids differently, obviously. They're not adults. They don't know what's going on in the world. They have nothing to do with anything. So you don't bring them into things like this. You don't bring them into a game of baseball or basketball or football or soccer, whatever sport it is. You don't bring kids into it. There's no point. You just look worse yourselves by doing that. So really quickly, I decided to say national fans. What are you doing? Fans in general, what are you doing? Let's just keep it clean. Let's keep it to the, you know, faker, faker, I don't know. 
I can't remember baseball chants anymore from when I was a kid. We want a pitcher, not a belly itcher. Like, let's keep it to that. Let's keep it to childish chants and taunts and not actually bring children into them. Can we do that? Is that possible? Good. Let's talk about some postseason baseball now. So it seemed like only a few weeks ago we were talking about the possibility of five teams tying for the second wild card spot in the National League. Man, did that change quickly because all the positions are locked up on the National League side. As we said before, the Nationals locked up a spot. The Brewers, despite not having Christian Yelich, locked up a spot because they had another ridiculous September run to make the playoffs. The Cubs completely collapsed. The Mets do what the Mets do and just eh. And, you know, so on and so forth. You had the Dodgers, who were the clear-cut champions of the National League in general, took care of the West easily. Then you had, in the Central, the Cardinals, because every other year it seems like the Cardinals are good. It They're one of those teams. And then, in the National League East, you had the Braves. Congrats to my man Scott on Craft Brood Sports, who, you know, another year, another opportunity. My team's not in it. His team is again. So he has every right to gloat and say whatever he wants to me right now. So Scott, feel free to message me, whatever you want. Gloat. Go on. Have fun. Anyway, so that's the National League side. The American League side, only the divisions have been decided. You have the Yankees, you have the Astros, and you have the Twins, who haven't been there since 2010, winning their division. And the Yankees haven't won a division since 2012, which is shocking to think, but true. Like, how does that seem possible? It doesn't. But it is. But I digress. Anyway, looking at the American League wildcard now, you have three teams coming down to this final weekend that it could be. Tampa Bay, the Oakland A's, and the Cleveland Indians. Two will make it, one won't. And the question is, who's it going to be? Well, I'm going to answer that right now. All you have to do is look at their final schedule. The final weekend of games, you have Tampa Bay playing the Blue Jays, who stink. You have... The Oakland A's facing the Mariners, who, despite how good they start the season, now stink. And then you have the Indians facing the Nationals, who have already clinched a wildcard spot, but are still fighting for that home field wildcard game. So that's the issue here. Two of these teams are facing incredibly bad teams. One of them is facing a team that is still fighting for something. So therefore, I have to go with it's going to be Tampa Bay Oakland. Oakland will get the game at home. One of the last games, not not even one of the last games, game in the Coliseum, maybe they'll get half capacity. One of these teams, the thing is, the sad thing is, doesn't matter who has the wild card game, neither of these stadiums are getting filled to the brim. Most likely. It's a sad truth, but it's the truth. So let's go through these wild card games and, or at least potential wild card games, and Then we'll go through the divisional round real quick. Just a minute or two of, you know, this, that, bing, bang, boom. So let's start with the National League side where L.A., Atlanta, both have home field advantage. The key question is, who are they going to be playing? Well, the NL Central has two teams going to the playoffs, but it hasn't been decided who's winning the division and who is the wild card because the Brewers have been on a phenomenal run. Either way, doesn't matter who the Dodgers or who the Braves play. The Cardinals' magic will run out. The Brewers' magic will run out. 
I don't think either team has a chance to advance to the NLCS. Now, both are great. Both have done, you know, pretty well. Nationals, too. But nobody's beating the Dodgers. The wildcard team is not beating the Dodgers. It's just not happening. Not at all. I'm sorry to tell you. But then, when you look at the Braves versus Brewers or Cardinals matchup, you got to look at it and say, got to go the same way. They're not winning that. The Braves are the better team. It's going to be the Braves and the Dodgers in the NLCS. From there, I'm not sure who's going to win it all. I'm not going to give my predictions for that yet. I'm giving it to the NLCS at least. Yeah, you know what? Fine. Whatever. Dodgers are making it back to the World Series. Are you that shocked? I mean, they've been the best team in baseball. Despite the record now slowing down a bit, I think they've took their foot off the gas a month or so ago. And they've been basically cruising to the finish line ever since. They had no need to put the foot down on the throttle. They had home field advantage. They have everything they need. They're good. They're locked up. They're fine. Now looking to the American League side, you have most likely the Astros wrapping up home field advantage over the weekend. Yankees are still in contention for it. But I'm going to give the A's, not the A's, I'm going to give the Astros the edge. So that means the Astros get the wildcard team. I do think the wildcard team is going to be the Oakland and Tampa Bay matchup, like I said. I think Oakland wins that matchup, and I think Houston obviously takes care of business. The Twins-Yankees matchup is interesting to me. One, I don't want the Yankees to go on any further than they already have. That's me as a bitter Red Sox fan. But I actually also legitimately think it's the Twins' time to take the Yankees out in the postseason. The Twins, in the past six times, they've made it to the postseason, I think. They faced the Yankees and have gotten eliminated by them five of those six times. It's about time those odds change. Both are home run hitting teams. I think the Yankees pitching and all that is not going to be strong enough for postseason play. And that is the difference. So I actually have it as the Astros and Twins in the ALCS with the Astros advancing. We have a rematch from two years ago of the Dodgers and Astros and the Dodgers finally winning it all. That's my predictions for baseball for at least right now. I mean, it's subject to change. But I'll put it in the books right now as Dodgers-Astros World Series. We'll talk more about it next week. But besides that, baseball is going to wrap it all up. We've covered football. I did a little bit of college football. Not much. Just, you know, just a, just a pinch. We had Paul's pile on. Now you know if wherever you are, basically just go see a game in Atlanta. If you don't want to pay a lot of money, go to Atlanta. That's... Even if you can't get Chick-fil-A. But that's it. That's a wrap. Thanks for sticking it out with me as I have stumbled through this. Not feeling 100%. As I mentioned, I have, I'm battling a cold. Do this for you. Because I like you guys. And gals. And whoever's listening. But in general, just enjoy doing what I do. And if you enjoy it, you know. Go check out every other show on 12 on sports. Check out the 12 on sports, you know, shop. If you shop there right now, we're running a cool thing where if you shop there and show us your purchase, you're entered in for a raffle to win a hundred dollar gift card. 
So that's pretty cool. But in general, just, you know, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good weekend. Enjoy yourselves. It's the first full weekend of fall. So enjoy that. Hopefully you don't have any too many leaves falling. You don't have to do that much yard work. But have a good one. Again, I am Greg. This has been my stance on sports. Have a good one, everybody. The Sports Sports Dance.